I had some Rebecca Black jokes dialed up for this, but then I saw the movie and now all I have to say is fuck you, Jackie. I'm Sam. Disco American Graffiti. I'm Justin. Yes, yes, another wonderful pick by yours truly. I'm Jackie, and this is Thank God It's Friday on Sticker Madness. What's that smell? <laughs> I don't know about you, but I'm thirsty as fuck. Thirsty, thirsty, thirsty as fuck. Hey, look at me! Thrill me. If you come back in here, I'm gonna hit you with so many rights, you're gonna beg for a left. Thrill me. Beg for a left. Thrill me. Welcome to a podcast called Sticker Madness. Uh, that's all I'm going to give the intro today because I am quite tired. Uh, we were uh, traveling all weekend and uh, came back specifically to do this show. So you're welcome. Uh, Sam, tell us everything you know about 1978's Thank God It's Friday. Currently streaming on Amazon Prime. Well, reportedly the budget was about $2 million and it returned anywhere from 7.5 to 7.8 million dollars depending on what source you look at what that says to me is that when reality tv became a thing or when youtube became a thing and it's all just the same shit over and over again i shouldn't have lost faith in humanity i should have just never had any inhumanity to begin with all right Seems, uh, seems somebody's got some bitter feelings about it, the, the, the current project that we're working on. <laughs> this isn't a movie. Yeah. It's, it doesn't have a plot. It's a 90-minute infomercial for disco. And it's a shitty 90-minute infomercial for disco. Well, I'm going to stop you right there. I had a lot of fun with this movie, and I super liked it. So Okay, well, that's fine, but it doesn't have a plot. No, but neither, again, neither did American Graffiti. If you compare the two, it's just, they're just uh, what are those called? Vignettes of uh, slice of life, slice of life of of you know some doers doing one night at the disco. Right. What else you got? Well, so Car Wash is, I guess, arguably the first of these disco movies, and then Saturday Night fever happened and then just a bunch of shit like this happened right. i would think this has to be the worst i mean regardless of the fun you have with it this is really bad um i would this say maybe movie. urban cowboy is also falls into that yes it's also john travolta but uh urban cowboy is much worse than this deborah winger's also in that there you go so rhinestone your second remember rhinestone is, rhinestone's funny <laughs> it stinks it stinks, but it's funny. Actually, it's uh, got one good joke in it. It's the dark I'll, thing. Also, don't forget, uh, Sam, can't stop the music, uh, and that is the worst ever. I don't know. Okay. I think this is really bad. All right. Robert Klein was the director. He put himself in the Klein Scotch series of advertisements in the film. Uh, he wrote novels. Those novels get adapted into movies. He does the first adaptation, Where's Papa, that Carl Reiner directed. He'll then go on to write Vacation, which is classic, uh, Weekend at Bernie's, which some feel is classic, and then he goes on to direct Weekend at Bernie's 2. Oh, boy. Yeah. 
our experience with Weekend at Bernie's was, hey, Sam, maybe we should try watching Weekend as, at Bernie's again as adults and see if it's worth doing an episode. And we made it about four minutes before saying, I can't watch this crap. <laughs> I can't watch this crap. <laughs> Barry Bernstein, uh, is Beacon Pictures is his tag. He's a producer. Over 30 films on Beacon Pictures, I believe. He's been involved with over 40 films. He was the... Uh, writer i guess if someone wrote this mm -hmm. that's my thing is that you got two of these writers and i find no visual evidence that there was a script yeah rob cohen also was involved as a producer on this film mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and rob cohen of course directing graduate uh, dragon heart and the first fast and furious films you can actually trace all three of these guys to back to mash the series at some capacity okay why all three of them would get involved in this is because the executive producer is none other than Neil Bogart, Casablanca Records. I guess he wanted to be seem like he was related to Humphrey Bogart. Right. He's not. Come uh, on. Neil Bogart start? started Casablanca Records when he signed Kiss. Oh, okay. That's why they keep talking about Kiss. Right. Yeah. All over this movie because he's trying to sell some rock albums on the side. Notably, he also had T-Rex, but Casablanca came up big in disco. It's one of the big disco labels. He even tried Casablanca Entertainment, which is going to be disco movies. Disco fell flat real fast, and he still made a bunch of money on this mm -hmm. shit. And probably forced Kiss to do that I Was Made for Loving You song, that whole album. Disco yes, Kiss. I'm sure. Uh, it was... Donna Summer's first movie, I believe her only movie. It mm -hmm. was the Commodore's first movie, I believe their only movie. Mm -hmm. Deborah Winger's first movie. Oh, wow. Uh, and then it's an early Goldblum, but it's definitely not his first. He'd been in five or six before this, and he'd been in the two Charles Bronson movies, St. Ives and Death Wish, as a heavy. Right. Which was an odd cast. Right, very odd. But this is probably his first lead. Or, I mean, first top three billing, I guess I should say. Yeah, it's his first... This is the most he'd been on screen. So mm -hmm. he had other speaking roles that were somewhat decent sized parts before this. But this is his biggest, I think, to the point odd that this it's weird that and I'm not going to mention anybody else in the movie because I'll just mention them as they show up and who they are. Fucking everybody in this movie, is somebody and they weren't really when it happened. So it's odd. And it's just that because even though it's a total pile of crap, it made so much money. It was a springboard for a lot of people. Yeah. Yeah. And at the same time, like, I, I think this type of movie and who it's targeted towards, you know, not necessarily, you know, like that post high school crowd, um, same type of people that, you know, launched the careers of all those American Pie people that we have never seen again. Um, that type of audience usually is a good, if you got a good hit with them, you're probably going to come back for a couple more projects at least, and then you've got an opportunity to actually do something with your career. Yeah. Uh, Roger Ebert said this isn't a movie. It's a live-action record sleeve. Mm -hmm. I think that's a very good description. I do, too. Uh, Leonard Malton says that this is the worst movie to have ever won an Academy Award. Oh. Uh, what was the Academy Award for? Last Dance, Best Original Song, also got the Golden Globe. So it's probably the best, worst movie that ever won a Golden Globe. Huh. That's not true. There's been some real shit that's won Golden Globes. I didn't realize that uh, that uh, Last Dance was uh, exclusive to this, the soundtrack. Um, you know, because we've all heard that song before. Yeah, it's a great sure. song. Yeah. And uh, 
being in and around the year of our birth that Donna Summer exploded, like if I look up the year that I was or the year that most I think all three of us were born in 79 dating ourselves. Uh, Donna Summer was the number one hit for every fucking week. Oh, absolutely. That song only made it to number three. Really? Huh. Really? That's that? one of my favorite Donna Summer songs. So That's I got a question. I, oh, go ahead, Sam. Uh, Sandra was watching with me. She couldn't make it through the movie. <laughs> and then she almost barfed the second time it came up because she loves it. And she's like, they're ruining this song. <laughs> Fine. I, I'm kind of curious, though, Sam, did you read anything about whether or not this was supposed to be reflective of Studio 54? No, uh, the, the Club Zoo is actually Osco's. It got torn down to put in uh, it, the, this location, especially the exterior, has been in a lot of films. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that is actually the Club Osco's. The owner, Osco himself, is the guy that's running the door. In oh, the picture. Okay. Yeah. And the uh, Ice Room Arcade, all of that was real. That's just really his club. So it wasn't Studio 54. It's that fucking club. Yeah. Yeah. And where, and where, where, where was this? Where is this place? La Cienega, uh 333 3rd Street in La Cienega. Okay. So it's kind of like the West Coast. Uh, uh, like, you know, hey, we got Biggie over here. And Tupac over here type thing. Yeah, it's it's the scene. This is the scene in L.A. It's, it's right off the strip. It's downtown. Um, and then have you ever noticed that if you're from L.A., you don't say it like I just say it, said it, how it's spelled La Cienega? For whatever reason, if you're from L.A., it sounds like La Cienda. Mm. And I'm the only one that's ever noticed that because I always thought it yeah. was La Cienda until years ago when I was like, what street is this? And then somebody said it out loud. I'm like, but it's spelled La Cienega. Why are you saying it like that? Yeah, I guess I didn't notice because I just don't fucking care. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's the last of the interesting things I have about this movie. Okay. Uh, now, Jackie, in 1978, you were a, uh, a two-time world disco queen champion. How does this movie stack up to uh, what it was like in the real world? Well... The outfits were a little tamer in this movie than I would like to have admitted. Mm, yeah, I'll give you that. Uh, you know, I I really like Studio 54. The movie? Oh, no, I, just oh, yeah, the just history of Studio of 54. Yeah, the legend of Studio 54. And, you know, when you look at, like, old pictures of what people were wearing mm-hmm. back then, it was very, you know, you were scantily dressed. Mm-hmm. You know, people were dressed up at, like, fucking weirdos because anything went, right? And I yeah. think that they tried to do that in this movie with the Freddie Mercury twins. Yeah, a little bit. Uh, they had the Devo group. Right. And, and, and Dave, uh, uh, not Shirley, uh, Jackie, her wildness is about as wild as things got. Right. The character Jackie is the one with the pink hair, just mm-hmm. in case somebody yeah. forgot. Right. Um. So I, I don't know. I kind of expected more of a flashiness to it. Mm-hmm. And this kind of seemed like the club that, you know, you couldn't get into Studio 54 or the right. next five down, yeah. so you right. ended up here. Yeah, exactly. No, I mean, like, you see you see some of the still shots of, you know, you don't get to see a lot of images inside Studio 54 while it was happening because there was very illegal things happening inside Studio 54. But outside, you know, I've seen a lot of shots where, you know, David Bowie's there as Ziggy Stardust and Mick Jagger standing behind him and they're dressed like weirdos. 
and uh, you know, uh, just a bunch of shit like like. But here, this is like the club that Tara Reed would go to after she was told she's not on the list for Studio Fifty Four. <laughs> Yeah, it also seems like this guy built this club, uh, Jeff Goldblum's character, Tony, right? Mm -hmm. That's his name. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, That he has built this club as a way to get the ladies. Yeah, yeah. Or He's got a jewelry shop in there. You know, he's got like an unlimited supply of gold chains that he bought off the internet Uh (laughs) that are not real gold, I'm sure. And he gives one away to everybody he's ever banged. And every woman in this club has one on. Mm -hmm. It's kind of like, Mm, your dick fell off five months ago. <laughs> Let's be realistic about it. That one looks like when the one's like, we need to talk about last weekend. Fuck off, bitch. Like, I gave you a gold necklace. I bought your time. Go away. And I'm kind of thinking in my head, like, what do you think that conversation was all about? I'll save that for <laughs> later. But, okay. um, you know, get Jeff Goldblum's character probably had... I don't know, like the most flashy, you know, colorful type clothing. Maybe the sharpest dressed. Yeah. And I just kind of expected more of that. Yeah. But with more flair, more sequins, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was a little, the costumes were a little roller rinky to me rather than, whoa, people are coming here to do lines. Yeah. Even though the Freddie Mercury guys did lines right in front of the camera. Right, right. I don't think they realized that they were on camera. <laughs> it's It's like in the late 60s, early 70s when... People that didn't understand psychedelia were just doing random things and saying, oh, it's yeah, psychedelic. Right, yeah, absolutely. And when it was just nonsense, it, around this time, late 70s, early 80s, these clubs were doing things that's like worse. It's like post-psychedelic nonsense. Uh-huh. And Family. that's all this is. is it's, a, it's a big building full of post-psychedelic nonsense. Yeah, yeah. No, absolutely. All right. Are we ready to get into this, guys? <clears throat> oh, I am. All right. Uh, the first thing we should note is before the movie even starts, the Paramount lady does a disco dance. Hey And also in the history of Columbia Pictures, this yeah, is Columbia. one of the first films that had the animated flame in the torch. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh. I don't know. Anyways, I thought that was a uh, little interesting. You usually don't see tags get special treatment for on something this mundane with a small budget, but... Uh, Anyways, uh, the movie starts out basically with various groups of people that we're going to run into later all getting ready for the weekend to the backdrop of the song, Thank God It's Friday. (laughs) Friday, Friday, gotta get down on Friday. Still had to bring it in. Nice work. Saturday is the day after that. And Sunday comes afterwards. I hope this weekend never ends. Yeah, but the whole town loves Friday. It's on traffic signs. Mm-hmm. It's on the Goodyear blimp. Right. Uh, they've got it on marquees everywhere. Right. I mean, fuck you both. I mean, this is a national phenomenon. They have restaurants named Thank God It's Friday now. Right, yeah. Yeah. Actually, in terms of the the history of Los Angeles... Friday is a big deal in L.A. Uh, they shot the movie Omega Man downtown on the weekends because downtown, the business centers in L.A. are straight up ghost towns at four o'clock on Friday. Oh, there you go. Like they really do it. They yeah. do up the Friday and the weekend hardcore in L.A. Yeah, right on. Um, At this disco, I don't even know what this disco is called. Zoo. 
It's just called Zoo. Mm-hmm. It's not a very good yeah. name for a disco. Um, but anyways, the, the Commodores are playing the on this Friday night, and they're gonna have a big dance competition. And whoever wins the dance competition is writing their ticket to dance across the world. Or $200 in a crappy trophy. Yeah, well, that too. $200 in a crappy trophy. Uh, This is when we first see Valerie Landsberg, the dancer, who is uh, the daughter of a well-to-do producer. And Terry Nunn. Is this the character Franny that you're talking about? Franny. Yeah, Franny Franny the dancer. Uh, She is in Fame the Series. Oh, okay. Uh, Yeah. And then Terry Nunn, the blonde, who you will, of course, know as the singer for Berlin. Uh, who will hit huge with Take My Breath Away in the Top Gun soundtrack about four years, five years later. Hmm. I or didn't realize six that. Or seven. Yeah, that's that? Terry Nunn. I thought Berlin was, I thought it was actually Bullin, like Bullin to Carlisle, the lead singer of the Go-Go's. I thought that was her. Nope, it's Terry Nunn, and then eventually she'll go under the moniker Berlin for a while, but that's that's who that is. The band uh-huh. Berlin, though, has actually still there. They had an album in 2019 called Transcendance. I'm going to go with my alternative facts and just continue to believing it's Berlin. <laughs> Berlin to Carlisle. <laughs> no, you're probably nope. right. Okay. Um, anyways, so everybody's getting ready. Uh, we go into the club. We meet uh, our DJ, uh, the track spinner. His name is uh, Bobby Speed. And he is going live on what I can only assume is KTLA uh, for the first time tonight. Tonight, yeah. And he was in Car Wash. Oh, okay. Right now. Yeah. And then this brings my first question. If this is this guy's first time on a radio Mm -hmm. going live, Mm -hmm. why are you sending him to a mega dance competition with the Commodores? No, I think he is the DJ of the club. And this guy is like, hey, I've got you spinning tracks over there, but I think we've got a slot open that we're going to try to put you out live tonight. Not that it's like, hey, go do this. Okay. Mr. DJ, uh, let's do it here your first time. I think he's been at this club for a while because he's got that really weird and uh, uh, rapey relationship with uh, Jeff Goldblum's character. True. Yeah. Um, but anyways, uh, we also meet uh, Dave and Sue, the married couple, who are uh, going out uh, for dinner. They're done with dinner, and she wants to have a little bit of fun. She wants to let her hair down. Dave's kind of a stuffy. He's an accountant who uh, doesn't really like fun. He just wants to go home and uh, take a nap and uh, fall asleep while she drinks wine and stares in the mirror and cries. Well, not to mention that Mr. Captain Romantic there, it is their anniversary, and he gave her a giant uh, pepper grinder. Yeah. Like, how can you even use this thing? This pepper grinder is like three and a half feet long. Like, you can't hold the bottom of that and the top and get a good twist going. See, it's not a present for her, Jackie. It's a present for him. Like, here you go. I want you to just hover over my dinner and, and put on, like, one of those little aprons and be like, more pepper, sir? But she can't use it, so she's just got to, like, make the sounds and then throw pepper on his plate from the distance because it's too yeah. big. No, if I had a nickel for every time I've seen the giant pepper grinder used as a prop joke, I'd have enough to buy a cappuccino adjusted for inflation. Right. All right. 
Uh, so she does eventually talk him into going there, but he will. He says, okay, we're only going to go for one slow dance and stay for only a half an hour. Uh, we meet up with uh, Jennifer and Maddie. Uh, they're two ladies who are out on the town looking for some looking for some dudes, especially the best kind of dudes, live ones. Yeah, and that's Deborah Winger in her uh, in her screen debut. Yeah, and her friend, whoever the hell she is. Man. Yeah, she's in Woody Allen movies. Okay, all right. Uh, I do like this part though because Jennifer's kind of a klutz. And she hits the gas too hard, and Maddie's ketchup flies up onto her fancy disco outfit. And so Jennifer tries to help her by cleaning her up with her own hamburger. And then chucks it out the window into Carl's face. Or Ken's Mm -hmm. face. (laughs) I like it when people get hit in the face with hamburgers. I think it's classic comedy. It comes up so often. Yeah. (laughs) This time. Uh, and so we meet Ken and Carl. Uh, Ken seems like an all right dude, but Carl is a massive knob. Carl is a massive knob, and these guys really aren't anybody. Okay. Good. They, they kick around. They kick around. They do. The biggest didn't make it is the garbage man that likes to pick fights. Mm. Is a comedian that didn't go anywhere, and he only got this picture and another. Oh, God. Mm. We'll fucking deal with Gus only when we have to. Um, Tony pulls up into the club. Jeff Goldblum's character is the owner of the club, and he's got a 911 Carrera that has a license plate that says Big One, and he is stone-cold cool as shit. Well, when he first pulls up, you don't realize, well, at least I didn't, that it was Jeff Goldblum until he turns on the overhead light in the Porsche to check himself out. And he's like, you're beautiful or whatever he says. And then he gets out and covers his car with a car port cover thing. Uh And I'm like, what do you just you fucking live here? It's a Porsche. Ooh, He's like, you remember the guy who had the yellow Porsche in Bachelor Party? He's the same guy, and it's the same yeah. car. Yep. <laughs> that car's probably worth a lot now. Oh, heck yeah, man. That's one of the most sought after uh, the mid-70s uh, whale tail jobbers. Heck yeah, buddy. Uh, anyways, so, but things start happening to Tony's car pretty much immediately because Franny and Jeannie have decided to hitch a ride from some rando that I don't really understand how he's connected to anything for about a half a block, and then that guy... Because of of Jeannie's erratic behavior, crashes straight into Jeff Goldblum's car. And causes a number of other accidents in the domino effect. Mm -hmm, Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was very, hey, we need a ride. Where to? Over there. Across the street, please. (laughs) Turn here. Like, she could just say, Club Zoo, I'm going there, too. Let's park reasonably. That could have happened. It didn't. Uh, So, inside the club, these girls can't get in, by the way. We should mention they're underage, so they're having troubles getting in. But inside the club, Bobby and Tony have made another bet. This is not their first bet. And for $100 that Jeff Goldblum... Cannot bang Sue. Married wife with the giant pepper shaker. Right, right. Mm-hmm. Like, ooh, who's it going to be? Who's it going to be? Puts the spotlight on her. Is like, bam, that one. He's like, oh, I'm going to bang her. That's easy. I know nothing about her. 
and she's got a ring on and her husband's here. The easiest prey I could ask for. I mean, that's a little tall order, dude. You know, just be, I mean, you know, you're not that cool. <laughs> well, either is her husband. Court. He's going for a half court shot. You don't, you don't always bet on the sure ones. You yeah, know? right, right. You guys do this every Friday, <laughs> probably Saturday, Thursday, Tuesday. Sometimes the chase is better than the catch. Uh, so we got that subplot going on. Now, they find a table. And uh, Sue then decides to just go ahead and get the ladies out. And uh, Dave is like, put your boobs away. She's like, no, these are my tits. And he's like, no, we're married. Those are our tits. <laughs> so stupid. And they should be at home watching TV. Yeah, I want to go home and watch Matlock. <laughs> then fall asleep and have you sit and drink wine while staring at the mirror and crying. Like we do every night. Ah, uh, but Franny and Jeannie try to fake their way in with some fake IDs from no place other than Idaho. Ooh. They should have worked. Yeah. Should have worked if they would not have put on their stupid IDs that they were 34 and 37 and they're 16 year olds. Yeah, right. Yeah. It's that Idaho air. Like, <laughs> bitch, this is a desert out here. <laughs> It'll dry your skin out and you'll look like haggard leather. Yeah. You and the Leathermen will be in a competition. Right. Oh, my God. I never even thought of actually being leather, says Mar or <laughs> Marv Gomez, Leatherman. We'll get to him later. Uh, then we get Car Ken and Carl. They get in, and Carl immediately starts just being just the biggest knob. He's like, I'm going to hit on chicks, uh, and is just a buffoon about it, knocking over drinks, and, like, nobody will talk to him and Ken's like, yeah, cool. I'm just going to stand over here for pretty much the rest of the movie. He does play pinball. Yeah. Right. Yep. So now Tony has swooped in, used his club owner charm to woo Sue out onto the dance floor. Hey, Barbara, get these to a couple drinks. Sue, let's go dance. And she's like, okay. <laughs> Yes, the seduction of a nightclub owner. Well, as a married person, you're just going like, well, thanks for the drinks, but no, get the fuck away from me. Right. Yeah. Oh, it's nice to meet you. Uh, have a good one. Yeah. Also, this is the point where we've already noticed that the bartender at the hottest nightclub in L.A. is a 62 year old guy <laughs> in a tank top that is too tight. There's right. no way that's the bartender. Right. I forgot about him. Like. Because he's just in a couple shots, and it's like, there's so much other shit going on that you get, like couldn't focus on everything. But yes, old man bartender. <laughs> Mike. His name was Mike. Okay. <laughs> Let's get that detail right. Yeah. <laughs> now, we have to deal with Gus. Gus is a huge piece of shit and needs to be punted out of all film for the rest of time. Uh, but he's there because he got matched with a computer match like eHarmony in 1978 with some lady named Shirley that he can't find. Question. Yeah. He has a New Jersey accent. Right. He is a garbage man. Correct. Did he drive from New Jersey <laughs> to meet at Club Zoo the in woman a, of his dreams? And that a, is why he is so freaking pissed. In a garbage truck. 
yeah, he like stole his work vehicle. He's like, you know, uh, it's really backed up there on the west side. I'm going to have to have the truck over the weekend. Right. He's just sleeping in it and everything, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You bought extra cologne. No, it's $6,000 in gas. Uh-huh. Yeah. No, his character does not make sense. And he completely doesn't fit. Like, yeah, Tony's kind of a, a, a you know, douchebag. And Dave needs to be taught a lesson about how to, you know, keep his wife pleased and all. But Gus just needs to be, like, punched and then thrown in jail. And that's what kind of starts bringing our club coolness down. Way cool. Is that you start looking at How these the characters fuck? and you're like, this this is the clientele. How the fuck did Gus get in there? Yeah, they would have never let him in. Right. He looked like a Bible salesman. He looked like a bowling guy. No offense to bowlers, but he looked like, you know, a bowling guy. <laughs> or somebody that comes to your house to sell you the sharpest knives you've ever seen. Right. Yep. It can cut through a, a tin can and a tomato. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. However, the club coolness factor is elevated slightly because you now see that the bouncers are dressed as henchmen from the octagon. Yes, oh, yeah. Right. <laughs> that is cool. Do, oh, do that in every club. <laughs> Got to have that. Um, I, I want to go back to this computer match thing. How did that work in 1978? Punch cards. Yeah, but. Yeah, they were but, doing it. Yeah, but, I mean, fuck. That's, like, weird. Like, how many... Yep, you you line the punch cards up on top of each other, and if you can see through all the holes, it's a match! Well, I know, but th- you'd have to go through, like, so much data to make that actually worth anything. The auto-sorter did most of it for you. Yeah, I guess maybe, but... Yeah, it seems like... seems pretty future-y. I thought it was a Scantron. They oh, send you a That's what a punch thing. card is. Yeah. Punch card Scantron. Mm-hmm. Make sure you fill out the circle completely with number two pencil. Why don't we vote like that? You know, because I hate going. No, I, I don't hate going to vote, but I'm always so freaked out about doing it wrong. You know how you have to fill in the little box with the pencil and it, ta- it gives me flashbacks of those fucking standardized tests from grade school that are you are just go C on every answer because we're all idiots. Um, oh, D, all the above. Um I'm scared that I'm going to, like, screw it up and go out of the lines and the machine's going to be like, error, error, and smoke starts coming out of it. We should have little punch things where you punch it through. The reason that you have that anxiety isn't because you actually had to fill in the bubble perfectly or that the the test didn't work. It was that most of the teachers that we grew up with were apprehensive towards the whole thing, and they were afraid it wasn't going to work. And they said things like, if you don't fill out the bubble perfectly on every answer, your life will be miserable for all of time. <laughs> you will become a garbage collector in New Jersey. You'll never get into the good clubs. Like, zoo. <laughs> yeah. I Man, we should, we should do the punch thingy with the votes. That's a good idea. I'm going to tell Joe Biden. Um, anyways, so we also find, uh, Donna Summer. Her character's name is Nicole Sims. She's not Donna Summer, uh, but she is somebody who is trying to break into the biz and is pretty tenacious about how she's going to do it. And so she sneaks backstage, uh, into the club and is lying in wait like a lion on the Serengeti waiting for prey to come by visualization for you guys 
I just want to know how many records she's got in her bag. She's got her demo. Yeah, how many? Well, probably 10. I would think if you're going out and trying to sell yourself, you at least want to have 10 on you. Because, like, the first one she gives the DJ, he throws it on the ground. So, you know, I'm pretty sure that one's broken. Okay. And then the next one drops on the ground. Mm-hmm. But then eventually it gets played. Mm-hmm. So, like, that's three records. What is that, like, $5? Yeah, if I was going to go try to sell myself, I would uh, I would at least, you know, if vinyl's the only way I could do it, I would take 10. You, you don't know who else is going to be there. Do you know how much Plus 10 you- records weigh and you have to walk all over town? That hey, sucks. Man, you got to do the hard legwork to become, become the big times. Plus, if you're going to get yourself on a seven-inch demo, you got to have, like, 500 of the fuckers made. They're right. not going to make you two. Yeah. Exactly. Mm. So now you're you're mostly propping up your furniture and your lamps with your own records uh, because you spent all of your money to press those records. So you've just got them fucking everywhere and nobody wants them. Well, maybe, uh, you know, as many as 2000. Mm-hmm. And here's the worst part about it. She had the record made without her voice on it. Right. So it's just the backup music. Yeah. Huh? Yeah. Okay. Interesting. We'll deal with that when we have to. Um. Dave has now, while his wife is being wooed by a guy that clearly is going to have so much cocaine on him, uh, he has gone and found his version of Tony, uh, a pink-haired weirdo who has got all of the drugs. And this is Muse Small. You know who she is, right? I do not. Jack Nicholson's girlfriend and One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. Oh, yeah. Okay, cool. Right She's on. in a lot of other shit, too. Muse yeah. Small's a big deal. Okay. Sweet. Now we find Marv. Marv is driven into Tony's car into his with his uh, red Chevy or his black flame-striped uh, Chevy truck, smashing up Jeff Goldblum's car a little bit more. The, late, the girls are outside, Franny and Jeannie. They see him do it, and they're like, hey, mister, you're going to get us into that club. Or we're going to tell the owner that you smashed into his car. And he's like, oh, no, teenagers. No, actually, what happens is, is that his statutory rape radar goes off and he's like, (laughs) cha-ching. I have no choice but to do as these women ask and then sexually please them later. And not go to jail, even though I should. It's 1978. Yeah, do what you want. The Commodores have finally showed up after much panic about whether they're even going to be there, but they don't have any uh, instruments because Floyd, the instrument driver, is completely lost. Is it me or is their instrument van super shitty? Right? (laughs) Yeah, and maybe a little too small for all the stuff that they need. Mm Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But what I I love... Go ahead, Sam. I figured they had to have a semi. The Commodores, yeah, I mean, yeah. they're like mul- very multi-talented uh, dudes who would have a big, huge show. I mean, it's the fucking Commodores. They were a big deal. They were a big deal. They show up in this movie dressed up as spacemen. Yep. That doesn't fit in the van. <laughs> yep. And I personally like that the limos that they arrive in, they're not black. Right. They are British racing green. Yeah, no, they're the. I bet you those are the Commodores' actual touring limos. It, I mean, they were cool. Yeah. And I'm with Sam. There's no way you can fit a wardrobe for the Commodores in there. I mean, Lionel Richie probably has a billion hair products. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, he's no, got his own hair semi. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but Nicole sneaks up with them like she's part of the band. And after they leave, she hangs around and tries to pitch her shit. And uh, Bobby's like, get the hell out of here, you crazy lady, knocking over shit. He's like, you didn't use the password to get in here. And she's like, what's the password to get in here? He's like, pop out one of those titties. (laughs) Oh. (laughs) Uh, So Tony has brought Sue into Bobby's booth uh, to, you know, show her show her off. And he's like, you're not going to bang her. Yes, I am. And while Dave outside has started getting into the lewds. Which he thinks are aspirin. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she drugged him. She slipped him a Mickey. She didn't slip him a Mickey. She handed it to him and he took them himself. Yeah, but he didn't know there was there was a Quaalude. He's like, then oh, he's thank God, idiot. it's aspirin. He said, look, it's a rainbow in there. He knows what he's getting into. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He saw mm. it happen to one of his friends in college. <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, Jen keeps getting hit by hit on by complete sleaze balls. Uh, gentlemen, if you plan on going to nightclubs and you find a woman who is wearing a flannel shirt, do not talk to her like this. Uh, it is uh, it's not going to go well. She's not interested in you. Well, and everybody's using the same line. Mm-hmm. You've got a nice smile, but she's not smiling. She's like, no. So pick up lines. Back up. Okay. If you are in a nightclub, which is usually a hot and sweaty place, and you run into a girl in long sleeve flannel and you don't see a red flag, (laughs) then what do you say? Hey, I know where there's some trees we can go cut down. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, pickup lines. So, you come here often? Yep. I mean, why is that, like, the pickup line? I do. Okay. <laughs> Where does it go from there? That That is not a good icebreaker. Well, yeah. maybe coming nope. here often and they say yes means yes, and I go home with different people every time. And I you're guess. like, okay, me too. Let's just leave now and so it's, bang. It's not necessarily a pickup line. It's like a uh, a, a dipstick check to see if the uh, the oil is primed. Yeah, or it's like the eagle has landed. Mm-hmm. Ah, but it is sunny outside today. What if you say, so you come here often, and she says, nope. Does that mean she's not there to pick up dudes? I don't know. I don't know. That's I, when you have to improvise. You're like, I, yeah, me neither. So. We should go home and bang. <laughs> Sam's ending is just the same. It's just, he adds like two different words and like, let's go home and bang. Now, all these people that do this should just expedite the process. I mean, right? it's, it's dumb. You want to go get sweaty? I guess that's what Tinder does, right? Yeah, it's it's helping things out a lot. You want to bang <laughs> me? Yep. Okay, let's just skip the other stuff. Uh, how about you come over here and flop on me awkward for about 20 minutes? Yeah. Let's then, ruin our shirts and get drunk enough that these shoes aren't any good anymore before <laughs> we go and do what we're going to do. No, just go now. Right. Uh, meanwhile, Carl has managed to lock himself in the stairwell. Because <laughs> he's an idiot. He gets duped into, like, I guess some lady is like, 
man, you are a knob. I have to do this club a favor and get you locked in the only place where you can't get out of. No, she's just expediting the process the way I think everybody should be doing. She's like, oh, hey, I'm ready to go home and bang. And he's like, really? Uh-uh. And he's trying to be so cool that he doesn't wear his glasses. And then he goes in the door that has a clearly marked sign that he can't read. No, she after she says, go get my cardigan sweater. Uh, she didn't bring a cardigan sweater. Uh, she gives this like, he knowing look to the camera like she is sabotaging Carl. She also has the Jeff Goldblum necklace on. Right. So mm. she could be the tail bite that's like, all right, we got to get rid of this guy. He's creeping people out. The what? The tail bait. The tail bait. I thought you said tail bite. Bait. Either tail way. Bait. Tail I understand. Bait. I understand the words. I don't understand where you're coming up with them. What the fuck is tail bait? It's where you put your vagina on a fishing lure and throw it out there and see who you get. Okay. <laughs> Apparently, we've been out of the club scene too long. Oh yeah. <laughs> I never really understood it. <laughs> now I. Well, that's what I was missing this whole time. Is I just had to bite the tail bait because <laughs> I thought that was gonna land me in jail. Yep. Now that's jailbait. Also in jail. (laughs) Okay, so he's in a stairwell. Uh, Floyd has gotten pulled over with the equipment. uh, And uh, in order to get out of the ticket, uh, or get out of the whole situation, the officer thinks that he's stolen the Commodore's drums and guitars. And so he has to like, well, you're going to have to prove that you actually know how to play those instruments. And you got to be good or else, Buster. Floyd doesn't have to. He's the, the. He's a roadie. He's a driver. Yeah, he doesn't know shit about that. But he does. He plays his way out of it with the saxophone and the guitar and the drums to prove he's legit. <laughs> I'm a legit band driver. Mm-hmm. Marv is inside and explains to the girls his love of dancing and that he is Marv Gomez. The Leatherman. That's his persona. Everybody knows him as Leatherman. He wins 200 bucks every Friday night. Mm-hmm. You got any, uh, who's this guy, Sam? This guy's actually uh, does a lot of voice doubling for Joe Pesci. He does a <laughs> lot of voice work, and he's in a lot of stuff. You've seen this guy a lot. Uh, his, his name's Chick Venera. Okay. And he, I believe, has about 75 screen credits. But if you were to go into his voice acting, it's almost innumerable. He does video games, cartoons. He was in Animaniacs. I mean, this guy's he he works right on right on. Well, he he works it on the dance floor, too. And the girls are like they're there to hook Franny up with a dance partner partner because she is the high school dance champion but she needs she needs a partner, so that's why they're there to find. And they're like, he is the guy. He got us in, snuck us in through the men's room, uh, which was weird seeing there as well. Uh, but he's our man. No one in the men's room is going to the bathroom. They're just right. looking at themselves in the mirror, and mm-hmm. that's not really what happens in there. That's the ladies' room, I think. Yeah, I, I think so. When I was in the clubs... Uh, and I'd go into the men's bathroom. It was mostly just one dude passed out in a corner, and then the other corner, there was a dude just puking on it. 
Yeah, and there was piss all over the piss floor. All over. Yeah, and just you're a- trying to make it out without slipping to death. And then every once in a while, you have to go in there, and it's the dark day. It's the day where you're like, I didn't want to come here at all, and now I have to shit in this bathroom. Imagine if you had superpowers, and you went into a club, and your superpower was the the power to mentally churn off any sound source you wanted, and you muted the music, and you left all the other stuff, the visuals going, and you muted the people's voices, and they're clapping, and all that was left was just the sta- sound of shoes going, because uh, they're all sticky from being covered uh, in piss. <laughs> just piss That's, everywhere. That's disgusting. I was at this. I was at this. It was supposed to be the porn party, right? And I was like, "This is going to be stupid." I can already tell. This is not going to go the way that you guys think. You're going to go. What? We're in Park City. We're in Park City at uh, the Sundance Film Festival. And there's a bunch of uh, other festivals that piggyback off of it in vivid video through one called Skin Dance. Oh boy. And they had rented out this lodge uh event center for their event that was the porn party and we're like, "Oh, or everyone's like, we're going to go to this. There's going to be so many chicks. It's going to be amazing." I'm like, "No, this is going to be the worst fucking sausage fest oh, you've absolutely. ever been to." Yeah. It was right. uh, one of our friends, friend of the program, Eric, actually passed out sitting up in a stool in the middle of a walkway. <laughs> and then our other friend, Cameron, just started mopping the floor because it was that disgusting. Oh, grody. <laughs> and he made the right decision. He cleaned that floor in an exercise of futility like I've never seen because it just kept getting worse no matter how much he mopped it. And he was in there for about 90 minutes and he had a better time than any of the rest of us. <laughs> Oh my god, that's so weird. It is weird. Uh, I am disturbed now. Oh man, you. Let's talk about now. Let's change subjects and talk about Tony trying to bang a married woman. Wait, uh, before we go on okay. to Tony, <laughs> no. I want to talk about this party. weird thing no. in the bathroom. <laughs> okay, okay. This guy is like in there shaving up his his mustache. You know, uh-huh. make sure his sideburns and stuff are right. And then, lady man, is. Like, hey, can I borrow that? Like, it's not that it's a lady man. It's who the hell brings an electric razor to a nightclub? Entire, like, a, it's 1978, and this is not like a pocket electric razor. This is like Norelco. We'll get the closest shave you can imagine. And it's huge. Like, where does he keep this thing? Did you just put it under his hat when he's done? His, like, ah. Uh, yeah, I mean, in his back pocket, it doesn't make sense. Well, it had to be the emergence of the fanny pack right around here. You don't take a fanny pack to a nightclub. (laughs) At the front end, those fanny packs were a hot item. Maybe you did. Hey, what you got in your fanny pack? Oh, you know, the usual lotion, an electric razor. (laughs) Yeah, it's like, why? Why is why are they passing around this electric razor? Like, hey, hey, bro, can I borrow that? I missed a whisker. (laughs) I want to look my best for the ladies. Weird. Um, Okay. So Sue leaves Tony uh, after she he asked her to go home with him. She's like, whoa, that's across the line, buddy. I'm not real happy with my husband right now, but still, I mean, come on. And so she sees Dave. He's passed out from the lewds, and she's like, that son of a bitch. And, and now she's just floating around. But Dave gets woken up by uh, Jackie, and she's like, here, take these uppers instead. So now he's on now double he's, drugs. Yeah, he's now in that 
dangerous place where drugs aren't additive or, just, or subtractive. They're quite multiplicative. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. Ken is like, this whole fucking thing is stupid. It is not for me. I'm going to leave. I don't like this lifestyle. Uh, I'm just a pretty mellow dude. But on his way out, but on his way out, he sees Marv. Marv's got a joint. And he's like, hey, man, can I hit that? And uh, then Marv gives him some leather because, hey, I'm the leather man. This was what changed. I used to be like you. I've got some leather and now I am a superstar. Here's some leather. And uh, this is going to change your life. Also a common theme in Los Angeles. It's 78 here year round. Here's a fucking jacket. Right. (laughs) And then for me, Marv Gomez, the leather man, earns my man of the year award. (laughs) Because this scene is fucking awesome. Oh, he's he's rocking these pants, too. Oh, yeah, he's all dressed. I mean, who cares about the pants? No, his butt looks great now. Okay, all right, you care about the pants. Uh, he proceeds to dance on all of the hoods on the cars, explaining in, in dance form how this is going to change Ken's life and ends up falling through a convertible top and screaming, Dancing! Everything else is bullshit! <laughs> yep, and he does his own stunt. It's one shot on the end of that ride where he... It's him. He does Mm it. He's a good dancer. He's a good dancer. It's odd that he doesn't really do a lot of that in his career afterwards. I mean, come on. Everything else is bullshit, buddy. Everything else, except for the dancing is actually bullshit. (laughs) Not if you're the leather man. Uh, Jackie, did you love the scene? Yes. I did. I thought it was great when he started doing the flips and he's dancing on people's hoods and then he goes to the top of their cars and he's like, he's just kind of leaping from one car to the next. Mm-hmm. Yeah, see, for me, I was kind of on the fence about this movie. It had some dumbness to it, sure. But I, I was like, I could go either way. And then this happened. I was like, nope, I'm in. I'm fucking in. I'm all along for the ride now. No, Leatherman was the only thing that kept me watching. Yeah. All right. Uh, Meanwhile, Floyd has managed to get pulled over again. And the only way he can get out of it is to play the instruments. This time, though, he's not fucking around. (laughs) He gets out a double drum kit, gets a crowd, and just goes ham on those fuckers. (laughs) To the point that the police are like, this guy's for real. Police escort to the club. Right, right. They're calling in their buddies. Uh, uh, officers, uh, no officer down, but seriously, officers need to get down to this spot. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to alarm anybody by my words, but you got to get down here. Oh, man. Gus is still being a massive tool. He's found his date, Shirley. She is a nice lady who is taller than him. Sure. Uh, we don't care about that. She's a teacher. She isn't really like oh you're a garbage collector you know she he's not what she thought he was gonna be but she's like you know what i'll i'll make the best of this situation and he is just still a fucking pile of shit so she fucking decks him hooray yeah she identifies that he has anger issues and then she treats him like one of her sixth graders when you could still hit kids in the stomach (laughs) oh 
time it's going to be the balls. <laughs> okay, teacher. Uh, all right. But then after that, he proceeds to chase her out of the club. She's the woman of my dreams. Right. And we lose track of them, I think. Yeah, that their shit is over at that point. Yeah, I hope she, um, I hope she fucking pepper sprayed that dick. No, Took he off a high cried. heel and stabbed him in the eye. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He, he lifted both arms in the air and was like, I know, I need to change. And then the nurturing, wonderful woman that she is, she took him on for the rest of their lives. That's what I hope didn't happen, but that's probably what happened, Sam. Stella! Um, Handed yeah. him some chocolate milk, got him calmed down, got him in the car. Yeah, yeah. And then he was just a fucking piece of shit for the rest of her life um he's also got that dumb thing with the you hate sam where because he's tubby he's also strong yeah he's a tough guy because he's kind of chubby right I hate, ugh, nope fat equals big right uh all right now sue wants to go home she's had enough but dave is way too loaded and wants to stick around He's now having fun, and no, he fun. drinks his wedding ring. Oh, drinks and declares ring. that he is Baba Ganoush or whatever forever for all times. Yeah, yeah. So now he's, I guess, not married anymore because he drank his ring. Good job, buddy. You're gonna poop that out. Well, you're. I guess you're not married until you tomorrow morning when you take a dump, <laughs> and you gotta fish it out. That's the only way that thing's coming out. He's got to. He's got to sift through his poo. I'd just buy another ring. Maybe he does it in a civilized manner on a coffee filter in the backyard. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you'd have to, like, you know, I would be thinking, like, well, how am I going to do this? It's a, you got to have a process to, to fish out a ring out of poop. <laughs> yeah, and especially if it's a cloudy diarrhea like Sam is, you know, oh, he's telling. He's doing all the drugs, so it's going to be a rough one. Yeah. Yeah, he's he's spraying that thing out. <laughs> Boink. <laughs> Just ricochets off the fence. Ah, damn it. Here <laughs> it gets lodged perfectly and he just has a double O-ring now forever. <laughs> <laughs> Little protection. Yeah, the only way to get it out is somebody that has the exact same size finger as him. <laughs> well, I guess it's I'm like- never having a hemorrhoid again. Cool. <laughs> okay. All right. So, Maddie leaves Jen's friend with all the sleaze balls that Jen that was hitting on Jen. They're having a hot tub party. Uh huh. Oh, they're having a party, and it may be in a hot tub, but it's a it's a different type of party. The gang's all here. Gang is all here. They call <laughs> them swingers in the credits, but uh, gang would be a better. Yeah. way to put what happens in that hot tub yeah right okay and yeah so now she's alone and it's on 4chan now right <laughs> carl has found true love because franny and Jeannie have stuffed marv's current dance partner in the stairwell with them so now he's locked in the stairwell with a lady so he's at least got that form she's he's he's gonna have to eat her later but hey at least they're gonna have some fun on the way Dancing to the Commodores before some Donner Party shit goes down. Mm-hmm. Right. It's the last dance of your oh. life. 
because I'm I'm literally going to have to eat you. Nobody is ever coming to save us. <laughs> so Nicole has gotten on stage and she has got a microphone and Bobby is like, get the fuck off stage. And she's like, won't do it. I'm singing. Play my record. And he's like, fine. You want to be on air? Here you go. You're live. And uh, she does the last dance and it turns out she's Donna Summer. This whole time she was Donna Summer and she's really good at disco singing. Sure. According to uh, Roger Ebert, she's no Diana Ross. Oh, come on. Wow. <laughs> That's shitty. <laughs> what the fuck, Roger Ebert? That's hey, this apples is the front and end. oranges. And he's like, later, you know, later, ex post facto, he's like, she's not Diana Ross. She's Donna fucking Summer. She's Donna fucking goddamn fucking shit Summer. Fuck. Dude, I love Donna Summer. Hell yeah. Sign me the hell up. All right. So everybody loves it. Ken loves it. He loves it so much. Jen loves it so much that she ends up smacking him in the face or something and they fall on top of each other and they instantly are giving each other googly eyes and in love. So they've, they've made it. You know, she accidentally pushes him off the balcony and he's about ready to eat shit onto right. the dance floor. Mm-hmm. And the guy he's next... Gonna, he's going to die. Yeah, he's not going to make it. She almost killed that man. And now she's going to kill him with romance. Well, and they both look super high in the scene. Mm-hmm. Like, both of them had smoked a joint well, before Ken they got did, their close-ups. Ken did smoke a joint. Yeah. With Marv. Yeah. And also, everyone that's breathing in this nightclub smoked <laughs> ten joints. Right. Uh, <clears throat> finally, Floyd has arrived with the police escort. So now, the, uh, the Commodores can go on, but we should also note that the cops managed to run into Tony's car as well. The policeman on the motorcycle actually rides into it at full speed and tumbles over the top (laughs) of the Carrera and then just starts directing traffic when he lands feet first (laughs) on the other side of it. It was very professional. It was awesome. Well done, sir. And Tony has talked Susan out of leaving. He's gone and found her. And uh, all these other women are like, Hey, are you, we, can we talk now? He's like, not now. I'm trying to bang this one standing in front of me, just like I tried to bang you last week and the one before. And you guys have seen this process before. Please leave me alone while I'm doing this. And Susan, the married woman, is still like, okay, I'll stick around. You might, you might work. Yeah. Well, he also does release a shade of honesty. He's like, you're right. But you're the woman in here right now that I like the most. Mm. She's like, yeah. oh, that's cool, I guess. But only for cash. He's still in it only for the cash. So even that's a lie. He likes cash. Right. I like you because you are going to get me paid. If you were a, tr- a troll, I would still like you. Ah, what's 100 bucks to this guy? You saw how many fives he got with the just the door. I guess that's true. Yeah. it's it, Again, yeah, he likes the challenge. Uh, uh, also, this brings me back to what I was talking about when we first started. Why do the, all these women need to talk to him so desperately? Because they're like, I need to get my uh, child support. Remember your son? I think he's got plague wiener. Right. <laughs> he is now infected. Yeah. She's like, you gave me herpes, also give me more drugs. Mm-hmm. That too. Yep. <laughs> and my child support. Yeah, it's a combo of all three. They, 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 he's got a lot of uh, 
He's got a lot of things on his table right now that he's got to deal with. Um, anyways, the Commodores have finally taken the stage, and that means the dance-off is now on. A one-song dance-off. Mm-hmm. This isn't a dance-off. It's a farce. Yeah, it is. Uh, and they've got the Commodores to play one song on a tiny-ass stage that blows up for some reason. Kind of blows up? Kind of blows up. Is this when Dave shows up with Tarzan yet? Yeah. Right. Yeah. So Dave, the Tarzan's bringing in his drink on the normal Tarzan drink bullshit. <laughs> the normal Tarzan drink flying... bullshit. What? The normal Tarzan drink bullshit. The normal version of the Tarzan drink bullshit. There is no <laughs> such thing as the normal Tarzan drink bullshit. It's all there lunacy. Is this, this fucking place, because he's done it a couple times now, where he's like, oh, and then he... Barely makes it down safely and doesn't spill the drink somehow. Here's your Bud Light. <laughs> uh, yeah, here's your Bud Light. Uh, this time, Dave does a flying leap and grabs him in midair and tears his clothes off and his butt comes out. <laughs> <laughs> and then Dave falls to the ground, landing what I can only assume on his head because he gets double bonked. He was high as shit, and now that he's fallen on his head, he suddenly sees the birds, and now he's got a moment of clarity. I think he lands on his stomach, and all the drugs come out. (laughs) (laughs) Like a pinata. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Who are you? Where's my wife? Whoa, why we had that many drugs in me? (laughs) Well, Franny and Marv have won the dance-off. It's 250 bucks in a trophy, and they're like, yeah, we can go wherever we want now. Let's go up the, to the next club. Oh, our parents are going to kill us. <laughs> and they go on and have a wonderful adventure. In uh, statutory with, rape. In statutory rape, yeah, between uh, uh, double, really. I mean, he might start a, you know, he's, he's on his way to getting a compound, you know, like a little David Koresh style. First thing you got to get is a couple underage girls. I was thinking this that... is probably a one night stand type of deal. Um, why is that? I don't know. I okay. just good. I'm glad you're. He right. doesn't seem like a creeper. He just seems like he just wants to dance. Yeah, he just wants to dance. It, it, everything else is bullshit, including yeah. statutory rape. This might be the safest car ride those girls ever get. <laughs> no, because he can't. Driving is also bullshit, Sam. So while he's driving, he's dancing. They're just going straight off the fucking cliff. Like, Every- maybe you should use both hands. Everybody else in this movie is driving that bad, too. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, it is L.A. <laughs> a policeman runs full speed into a parked car. <laughs> I mean, it seems pretty accurate to me. I've driven there. <laughs> it ain't good. <laughs> all right. So Tony has gotten Sue all the way to the Porsche. Uh, and Dave comes running out now that he's sober. And he's like, hey, you, get your damn hands off her. Oh, yeah, or what are you going to do? Well, I'll tell you what. And he sets his, the fucking giant pepper shaker on top of the... He doesn't, like, hit the car with it. It's just a gentle tap. And the whole thing collapses. <laughs> yeah. It implodes. Uh, it's hilarious. And it it takes forever because... I guess, you know, the, the prop guy is just hitting one button at a time for wheels fall off. Boink. Bumper falls off. Boink. <laughs> and it just keeps going. I loved it. There's probably a man inside there pulling things onto himself. Yeah, it could be. 
I don't think they afforded electronics or animatronics in this. There's a man in there hurting himself repeatedly for the sake of comedy. <laughs> He's out there doing the good work. Yes. Inside, Nicole and Bobby have found each other, and them and Ken and Jen are closing the place down with romance. And that's the end of the movie. Yay. All right. We got any questions on this one? Kind of Unfortunately, this already. thing seems to sew itself up very nicely. And the questions that I had, we've all asked about the sort of what happened before they showed up. Because mm-hmm. what happens after they show up is very clear. Yeah. Yeah. I think so. Everybody dies. Because <laughs> of traffic. <laughs> And AIDS. <laughs> right. Oh, that's you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, probably that quite a bit. Um, yeah, Jackie, got anything? Nope. I thought they did a great job of buttoning up everybody's storylines oh, at I, the end. You know what? I thought we did a better job because we have we've really cleared up some questions along the way. So yeah. Screw them. It's us. It's awesome. Storylines. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So final recommendations. Uh, I think we know where we stand on this one. I'll go first. I think that this is my second favorite danceicle that we've ever done after uh, Breaking 2, Electric Boogaloo. So there. It's a do for me. I don't care. I liked it. Jackie? Oh, you know, it's your movie. See ya. Yeah, I said fuck you, Jackie, because I have to give it a do. Fuck you, Jackie. You're mm. making me give this a do. Because it is. And without Leatherman, though, it was probably a don't. Yeah, it could be. It would be right the, in that, like, ooh, what do I do without yeah, Leatherman? It. This is the sort of shit that I really hate. I think that, I, one, I like Breaking 2 a lot better. Oh, I do too. Uh, there's actually some story in that. What I think about this movie is that this movie has the least movie of any movie we've ever done. Ooh, that's a hard call. We have to really least analyze that. The least plot. Yeah. Of any movie we've ever done. We'd have to really analyze that. I, I I don't know, but I can't think of something off the top of my head that's more, but uh yeah. Okay. Jackie, wrap it up. Oh, I loved it. Okay. I almost thought it was a bad movie debunked. I was entertained. I liked all the weird guy in a gorilla suit that was in the elevator. Um I liked all the little subplots. I thought that it wrapped it up well. The music was pretty good. Yeah, Except for that opening song. That was really long. That, that song is terrible, but but it's mostly just playing Donna Summers and uh, uh, the Commodores songs. Right. And I thought visually it could have been better, mm-hmm. but overall I'm going to give it a total do. I liked it a lot. Yeah, I did too. So Screw Sam. He doesn't know what he's talking about. I plot. said it was a do, but it's <laughs> just it doesn't have a plot. No. At all. A lot of the movies we watch don't, though, Sam, so... They try. This one didn't even try. <laughs> they say that they do, but, uh, you know, I don't know. All right, so that's your movie. Uh, next week is my pick, and we are finally going to get to something that actually made our, I think all three of us, year in review list very long ago that we, for some reason, never did an episode on, but I'm going to do the duology of Richard Chamberlain and Sharon Stone team up in King Solomon's Mines from Canon Films. So next week, King Solomon's Mines, the first one, uh, and uh, it's currently streaming on either Vudu or Tubi, so that's how you're going to check that out. Alan Quatermain. Yes. Yes. Quatermain! (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it should be fun. 
So uh, I hope you guys have a great week and get to the chopper. Visit us at www.stinkermadness.com. Follow Stinker Madness on Twitter at Stinker Madness. Please rate and review us on iTunes and Stitcher. Thank you for listening and get to the chopper.